Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today is abundance teacher and money coach, Jody Lynn Creighton. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And we hope that your preparations for Christmas are coming along swimmingly and that you're all excited, especially if, you, if, if you're one of those who have uh, you know, the young children at home, because that's always when it's really, really fun. You know, like, oh, yeah. Like, Santa's those, coming. Santa's coming. That's right. Yeah. The three to eight year old range, you know, where yeah. they, they're still buying into it. They still love the, the tale. Yeah. I can't wait. I sent my letter to Santa and all that kind of thing. But, <laughs> But even if you're not in that boat, um, I, I imagine for most people who celebrate Christmas, they're, they're all excited anyway, because Christmas is a nice time, uh, except yeah. when you have to deal with the unpleasant relatives. But other than that, it's, it's a nice <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Yeah. Outside of that, everything else is good. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of what we can talk about today, <clears throat> because, I mean, that's we, we, we get to choose our friends. It's not so easy to choose our relatives. Mm-hmm. And we have to see the relatives, you know, on the holidays. Mm-hmm. That 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 can be a little bit of a challenge, but there are strategies we can follow to n- make it a more pleasant experience. If nothing else, you can ignore them oh, to a, to a certain extent. Yeah. And then it, even if the, if you know Uncle Jasper tries to start a fight about politics or something like that. You know, we, we, we can talk about ways. How do you get around that? How do you get away from it? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, tis the season and there's a lot, there's a lot in our world going on right now. There is. Yeah. And just a lot of different things happening all at once, you know, in, in our, our, our countries around the world. Mm. So there's a lot to talk about and, you know, they've let us out of our cages here. So we're allowed to meet for Christmas. <laughs> so it shall be interesting. I saw yeah. one t-shirt that said, you know, unvaccinated and ready to talk about politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're laying it right out there. Okay. This is what I'm going to be talking about on Christmas. What are you going to talk about? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so should be interesting. <laughs> very interesting. So how, how, how about you? What, what's your uh, situation? You got all your gift wrapping done? No, no. I'm looking Not at, at a pile of presents on my table here. I just, I went shopping yesterday. So Ooh, I, okay. yeah, I'm always like a late shopper. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be like Christmas Eve day. I'd go shopping. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I used to do that actually until Amazon came along. I mean, I, I just, I love the fact that Amazon will gift wrap many stuff. Oh, you know, so, I didn't even know that. Oh, they do. Yeah. Not all of it. For some, I haven't figured out why it is sometimes I've even seen with, with a single product one day they gift wrap it and the other day they don't. I'm not hmm. quite sure why that happens, but most of the time I'm able to, you know, for an extra three bucks or something like that, four bucks, get a gift wrapped. And, yeah. And, I mean, they'll talk about making it easy, right? You know, they put no the label kidding. on and you got the gift wrapping bag or something and you know, you mm-hmm. got yourself a present delivered. Uh, so yeah, I love doing it that way. I, mean, I got my shopping done a week and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we live out in the country, so it's difficult to get things here here on time. Like unless you mm-hmm. do it super early. So I well, I did say a week and a half ago, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, you got you hit the spot there, but yeah, yeah, I went to the actual stores, and right now we're having like a Siberia cold snap. So Ooh, yeah, it yeah, was minus. 35 degrees Celsius Ouch. yesterday. And it well, is. That's why you, I mean, as I'm, uh, as we're doing this, I'm watching you on video and you got a muffler on a, a, a scarf, a big old scarf on. So yeah. that kind of was the clue. Like it's cold. We're it's cold. 
cold. It yeah. is cold. And this, this season, so, um, something my dad and I started last year is we started doing wagon rides and sleigh rides in oh. the city. Yeah. So we get contracted by this guy and then we go to different parts of the city and we do sleigh rides or wagon rides, um, for different communities. Like we've done one at a school. We did one at a community center. We did one at Little Italy in the city of Edmonton, oh, which is close. Yeah. So we've been, we've been doing that for the last, this is our second year doing that. And you know, it's, just, it's by contract. So we never know really where right. we're going to go until we get the contract and then how long it's going to be. Right. Um, so, that has been interesting because it's been freaking cold. Yeah. <laughs> Very cold. We Why do I get the feeling Jody Lynn is not volunteering to drive the wagon or the sleigh? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I'm, I don't often drive. I'm what we call the swamper. So the I swamper, jump up okay. and down. <laughs> I make sure the horses are behaving and then, you know, like it's time to go and I jump in the back of the wagon with everybody uh -huh. else. Okay. Yeah, so it's something just fun that my dad and I like to do and it yeah, but it's it's cold. We have a yeah. session booked for this Friday. Um and it's still supposed to be like minus 20 something with a wind chill, so it feels like minus 30 degrees Celsius. So it's it's uh it's going to be interesting. Canada in winter is for hardy souls. That's the yes. only way I can describe it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Especially when we get these frigid temperatures. I, wow. yeah, I question why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> uh, it's cold and everything's breaking. <laughs> I actually went and got, um, winter boots yesterday because I have a pair, but long story short, they just were not cutting the mustard. So I was mm. like, I need to invest in some like grandpa esque winter right. boots. Like, really, really warm ones. Yeah, 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 really warm. You know, I looked on the internet and I did some research and I chose a pair and I got up to the counter yesterday and I was like, okay, so what's the warranty on this? Like, what's the return potential here? <laughs> the guy's like, well, it has like manufacturer defects or whatever warranty for a year, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what if they're not warm? <laughs> like, yeah, that's not a part of the warranty. I'm like, there's no warmth warranty. Oh no, no warmth warranty. He's like, I can like look up the, you know, like ratings for them, and he's PR like, factor. yeah, everybody's like, everybody's saying that they're really warm and whatever. I'm like, okay, well, we'll see, we'll see if mm. they work. Kelly Hansen, you're gonna get a letter from me if they are not warm. <laughs> This is not the time to mess around. <laughs> don't mess around with Jody Lynn. I just take That's it from right. me. You don't want to do that. <laughs> That's right. I come up swinging. I'm small but mighty. <laughs> uh, and I like to be warm. <laughs> yeah. Funny thing, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I love being outdoors. There's something really special about winter. Um, even when it is this cold, just like the frost on the trees and how still and serene everything is out in the country and a very, very crisp. I can appreciate all of those things, but only for short periods of time. And then I must go inside because I am I fragile. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not that fragile. I, I <laughs> no. no, I just I, choose I, not to freeze my butt off. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of not freezing the butt off, I, I, as we're doing this, I hear a cat trying to come in the door and you mm. let him in. So I'm, I'm going to let him in, but just take a second and, and tell listeners about, I mean, we know what it's like living in, from your description, what it's like living in a cold climate, but why don't you move to a, uh, like a, why don't you snowbird it? Why don't you go to the tropics uh, during the winter? Yeah. I mean, 
That's a really good question because I could with what I do with work, you know, my, um, my schedule is, is very flexible and, you know, a lot of my work is online so I could potentially do it from anywhere. Um, this is the only place I've ever lived. Literally, like I literally live, um, a couple of miles north of where I grew up. Really? So, that close? Wow. That close. That's yes. unusual these days. Very unusual. I, yeah. when I was growing up, I promised that I would get the heck out of Dodge and I would never <laughs> come back. And I, you know, moved to the city and moved a couple different places. So I, I left and then I ended up right back where I started. And I just. So, so technically you did. It just didn't stay there. Yeah, I didn't stay there. Yeah, I moved right back, you know, close to my parents. And, and I think it really comes back to that for me is the, the family, my parents are, you know, getting up there in age. And yeah. my sister lives right next door to my parents. So it's the three of us that live very close, um, in, in terms of nice location. Stuff. Yeah. And it's only for a short period of time, like mm. outside of, you know, the rest of the winter, it, it can be crossing our fingers, pretty mild. Like it's so weird because we're having, you know, minus 35 today, but by Monday it goes to negative one. (laughs) Just warms up that we got a heat wave going on. Yeah. Then we got a heat wave. So (laughs) traditionally I spend a lot of time inside in the winter, but there's just something so magical about the Mm. snow. It looks like, you know, thousands of tiny diamonds and in the perspective of abundance, when you take a look at snow, it's hard to say that abundance does not exist because there's millions of snowflakes that all come together. So I don't know. There's just something about winter that I love and, and I love being close to family. So I guess that's, that's kind of what keeps me here. We usually do go on some sort of winter vacation to kind of break up the winter. So in January or February, we'll go. So then it's kind of like we're not frozen to the core. <laughs> but with the last couple of years, we haven't been able to travel because of COVID. So. Right. Yeah. Well, plus yeah. I, I love the fact that you are so close to your parents and you're able to, I mean, both geographically, and emotionally, mentally, all yeah. that kind of stuff too. Um, because I mean, my parents are deceased. Yeah. Um, my, my dad died in 2008, my mom in 2019, and I can't talk to him anymore. I can't celebrate Christmas with him anymore, you know? Yeah. And, and you don't really think about that so much when they're still alive, but no. afterwards, like, oh, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm okay. They had great lives. I'm okay with them being gone and so forth, but still, it, you kind of miss that. Yeah. So I'm glad totally. you can experience it now. That's wonderful. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's not something, I mean, they've always been important to me, but it's only been the last probably like four or five years of my life where I actually turned that from something I say to a core belief that you can see I live. That's something nice. that's super important to me because I, I used to say that a lot, like give lip service to my family. You know, I'm working really hard so I can build a better life for my family. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would say those kinds of things. I'm working so hard to do this for my family. But when you actually looked at my schedule, I spent next to no time with them whatsoever. Mm, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was, so you had, you, you, you woke up without getting a wake up call. That's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I needed it. And, and the question for me was if, you know, are they actually important to you? And the answer for me is yes, absolutely Mm -hmm. they are. So I had to change 
the way that I lived my life. And that was a part of moving closer to them. Like it happened by chance. Nothing is ever by chance, but <laughs> we were looking for um, a plot of land and cause we wanted to live on an acreage or on a farm, my, not an acreage. My husband is like, no, an acreage is not big enough. I want to be able to shoot a gun and you know, it lands the, the shell land on our property. On the property right, yeah. <laughs> right. So, so we wanted to find a quarter section of land and my dad actually, found this piece that we now own oh so. nice mm-hmm. yeah. yeah really good I yeah like that. i was having a conversation today with someone um new friend actually and uh in, in the conversation we were talking about among other things appreciation um and and, and she's also a new listener of the podcast too which is really cool so she knows oh, cool. what we're talking about here yeah um but uh we were talking about appreciation and this is the time of year for appreciation I mean, we don't normally associate that word with the Christmas holiday, but really that's what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. especially since Christmas has kind of grown beyond the bounds of the religious significance of it and it has become sort of a cross cultural kind of phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it literally has found a way of institutionalizing giving mm-hmm. on a broad scale, not just uh, physical gifts, but just giving in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Not, not that there aren't. Also, plenty of examples of people who struggle in the holidays because they're dealing with those unruly relatives or they're, yeah. you know, the kids are driving them crazy or they, or they're alone or they're, you know, there's like a whole list of, of possible reasons that the holidays can be very, very challenging for people. But nevertheless, even in those cases, it, it's just, th- there's something about the holiday that just evokes appreciation more than anything else during the year. It's, it, that and, and, both American and Canadian Thanksgiving days. They, they, those are also days of appreciation. Mm-hmm. But I love that we have holidays, major holidays that do that. Cause we talk about that all the time, right? Appreciation mm-hmm. is really big. Well, all of society talks about that yeah. for a short period of time. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, um, I find what I love about the Christmas season is you get to see, um, kindness, compassion, yes. like just love coming out of so many different places when you're actually looking for it, whether it's with your family and, you know, making a meal, the, just the act of bringing people together to have a meal and having those kinds of conversations and just being with one another, whether, you know, that uncle or that aunt, not very nice, maybe sometimes or tries to stir the shit for the Mm -hmm. most part. I think people are coming together with that, that, that belief system or that, that intention of being together and sharing love. Yeah, I think it's true. I think that's very true. In fact, you even see it out, out and about. I mean, you go to a store or something and, mm-hmm. and there's something about the way the time of year people feel about it because they're cheerier. I mean, yes. literally it's like, it's like they're all celebrating Christmas at the grocery store or at the hardware yeah. store or whatever yeah. it is, Absolutely. you know, more friendly. Oh, you know, you go first, go ahead. You know, not that you don't get that during the year, but you seem to get more this time of year. Yeah. Well, I think it's in your, like your, your perspective. It, you're expecting to see more of it because it's right, that true. time of the season. So then it's at the forefront of your mind. So then you're seeing it everywhere and it's just catapults, right? Or builds. It does. It builds. It, it, um, it sort of creates a momentum of mm-hmm. its own and the momentum builds over, over time. So, Absolutely. I think it's probably the only thing wrong with, with shopping online. Not wrong. It's not wrong. The only thing not as desirable about shopping online is you don't get to have as much of that experience by, you know, shopping in the stores like you do. I mean, you're still yeah. doing it the, the more traditional way. So you actually yeah. get 
more exposed to it in this sense. Yeah, absolutely. You get to meet all the people and yeah. <laughs> yes. But I think that maybe this doesn't apply to the road, especially in winter. <laughs> I think well, everybody's dead. <laughs> their manners. <laughs> They're driving. <Yeah. laughs> that might not be the place. I don't know. <laughs> but you know what? That being said, I, I take that back actually, because I've I've been stuck you know, you know, on the side of the road in the middle of winter, close to Christmas. And I found that more people were willing to stop and help out. And I've been willing to stop and help out, even though, you know, I don't know anything about cars. I can't change a tire, but you know, I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) I will, I will try. So as you're saying that I'm recalling an incident, this happened long before I was even married. This is like, this is going to be late 1980s, early 1990s, something like that. I don't remember the exact year, but it was, I think just after Christmas, I think it may have been just before New Year, but I'm not a hundred percent certain of that. But I was out uh, at, I believe it was a dance event because you know I'm a dancer, and it was a social dance event. And when I left the event, it was kind of like what you were talking about, minus 35 degrees with a windshield and so forth. And it was really cold. I don't remember exactly how cold it was, but it was it was on that order, you know. Yeah. And I'm driving home. And all of a sudden, I realize I'm out of gas. <gasps> like, oh, no. So I slide over to the, the side, and I know where I am. I'm about, I'm going to say, two miles from the exit I would normally take. And then from that exit, there's probably another, I'm going to say, one to two miles before I find, you know, a business establishment that's likely to be open, preferably one where I could get gas, but something where I can be warm, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. And I was underdressed. I didn't have yeah. a warm enough jacket that night. And so I said, well, I got, I can't sit here. I'll just freeze to death if I stay in the car. Yeah. You know, I don't really have a choice. I, I can't run the engine to warm the car up because there's no gas in the car, you know, so I got to go. So I, I, I think there was like a little extra a small blanket or something. So I brought that along too. And I you know, bundled myself up and I just start marching as fast as I can to, to get to that exit that I know is about two miles away. And where I, where I was, I had to go up a steep hill before I could come down the other side of the hill to get to that exit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trudging up that hill and boy, it's a cold. I can feel it, you know, and I think, boy, I got to be really careful here. This, I mean, this could be really dangerous. So I'll, I'm just going to keep my blood going. I'm going to, you know, burn as much energy as I have to in order to get there. And I get about halfway up the hill and a car stops and the window opens up and they say, do you need a lift? Yes. Yes. I do. <laughs> yes. Yes. Please. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, I was so grateful for that. And yeah, this was, this is not like, this was not New York city. This was out in the middle of not quite nowhere. It's not, you know, like rural Canada, but it was pretty close. Yeah. You know? And to, so to have somebody stop like that and basically I, I, I can't say for sure that, that this is the way it would have turned out, but they quite possibly saved my life yeah. just by stopping like that. Absolutely. I was just so grateful for that. So mm-hmm. there's, a, there's another example, a little story about, you know, how somebody demonstrated that they had a kind heart and wanted to help somebody who was in trouble mm-hmm. out in the middle of the cold winterland. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. There's examples yeah. of it all around us when we're looking. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I think it had something to do with the holiday too. Yeah. Probably had something to do with it being cold. Probably both. That, yeah, <laughs> all of it. All of it. Yeah. Kind yeah. of all of that stuff. 
Um, let's talk about um, Uncle Jasper again. Okay. Yeah. He's our representative, uh, tough nut, you know, maybe like a super right wing conservative or super left wing conservative political yep. activist who wants to argue about everything. Right. So we're at the, the family event and Uncle Jasper is uh, holding court again. Everybody's saying, Oh God, what do we do? What do we do? How do we handle that? I mean, you're, you're a coach. I mean, you're a money coach, but if you, it, you're talking to one of your clients and, and they talk about Uncle Jasper and they're, they're frantic and they're, they're holding their head in their hands. What the hell do I do to get rid of Uncle Jasper? Mm-hmm. Any idea what you tell them? Yes. I, I would tell them disconnect the button and it is easier said than done, but with practice, it is doable. Um, I think that things that are coming up in our lives, whether it's somebody saying something, a specific person, a t- like a location, a, a whatever, that causes a, a, a visceral reaction that we're not happy with, we don't like, this is an opportunity for us to learn and to grow and to change. And learn, when I say learn, I mean learn about us, like mm-hmm. learn about you. Because what is it that Uncle Jasper or whomever <laughs> is saying that is poking the bear? Mm. And, and so why is it bothering you so much? It's, it's a belief system or a meaning that you have created on the other side that, you know, he can't possibly be right. It is wrong for him to say this, that, and the other thing, you know, whatever you have created some sort of meaning connected to that trigger point. And he's pushing that trigger point and, and maybe he's intentionally pushing that trigger point. We all know those kinds Most of Most likely. Yeah. I mean, that, that's part of what it is to be that kind of personality. You want to yeah. push the buttons. You want that's to get the right. reactions. But you think about it in terms of like children, you know, the little boys, they'll get the snake or the spider or mm. whatever. And then typically they'll chase the little girls, maybe the other boys, <laughs> whoever, whatever. These days it could be either one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Um, but when, when you decide, I'm not going to be afraid of that snake. I'm just going to stand in my power and I'm going to stand here. Okay, great. You have a snake. You have a spider, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the little boy or little girl stops chasing you. Mm. And I actually saw this at a wedding I went to really <laughs> this summer. Yes. Um, they found it was on a, an acreage and it was like surrounded by land. It was really beautiful. These two little boys found a snake in the grass. It was just a tiny little garter snake or whatever. Uh, fun fact, I had never actually seen one before. Really? But it was fascinating. Yeah. It was fascinating to watch because I watched these boys holding this little snake and running up to all the guests at the wedding and the guests that were like, cool. And went back to their own conversation. Like it didn't bother them. They were not phased by it whatsoever. They were like, okay, next. Like they went on to their conversation. The boys quickly were like, oh, okay. On to the next person. Not a good target there. Yep. And, and then they found a, a little girl who they went up to her and she started screaming. Ah, they found their target. Yeah. And okay. running. So they chased her with the mm. snake, you know, around the property and anybody else that did the same, they also like put it in their face or, mm. you know, whatever. Right. So it's the same thing with adults, you know, somebody that's trying to push your buttons, the more that they get a response from you, the more that they're going to do it because they like that. They want a response from you. They want to fight with you or, you know, that's my perception of, of what they're trying to do. So don't, don't give them the satisfaction. If you need to remove yourself from the situation, go to the bathroom. 
bathroom's a great place to take breath, to recenter. And, and, you know, if you have the space and you don't feel like people are going to judge you for being in the bathroom for too long, maybe ask yourself some questions. Why does that bother me so much that what Mm. he said or what she said, why does it bother me? What meaning have I attached to it? This is an opportunity for you to get to know yourself on a deeper level. And when you know, when you see it, oh, I think that he's being unkind and, and, you know, or I don't know, whatever, we need an example of something. (laughs) Um, but when you can see that you are contributing to the response, you can say, okay, I'm going to take a step back and I'm just going to close that opportunity. I, you know, I don't need to respond to that. It, mm-hmm. I don't need, it, it's a lot of times it's coming from this need of, of being heard and being validated in our own opinion. I am right mm-hmm. and you are wrong. And that's yes. why we're, we're having this disconnect or this fight right now. What does it matter? Yeah. You know, will Uncle Uncle Jasper ever say to you, "Yeah, you're right"? You know? <laughs> yeah, you don't get that very often from Uncle Jasper. <laughs> yeah, it's probably never going to happen. Probably and, not. No. Yeah, and you know what? It's really interesting because I was having this conversation with my dad a couple of weeks ago. We were headed to do sleigh rides, and I was telling him I was having trouble letting go of of um, this, the way that some of my friends had treated me a number of years ago, they were my best Mm. friends. And then they kind of dropped me like a hot potato and stopped talking to me Mm. at a very pivotal time in my life where I needed them. And I was angry and I felt wronged. And so I was walking myself through all of the feelings and trying to disconnect this button because it bothered me and it kept coming up that they did this. And what I realized is that I wanted to be right. I wanted them to admit that they caused me harm and that they were a shitty friend. Yeah, absolutely. But the realization in that moment was, okay, then what? You know, okay, let's (laughs) see. You know, they came up to me and they were like, yeah, we were an awful people to you. And, you know, like a friend shouldn't be that way, whatever. Mm -hmm. Then what? One, I probably wouldn't believe them. Because it's been three years. (laughs) So kind of too little, too late. I don't know if you're actually being genuine or you want something from me or whatever. You've, you have tainted our relationship. This thing happened and I don't really trust you anymore. So I probably wouldn't believe them. And number two, I don't actually want to be friends with them anymore. Not in the way that we were before. So I'm looking for this validation from them and I wouldn't even accept it if they gave it to me. Right. That I can let go of. I don't know. Yeah. That. I mean, that's the, the, that ship has sailed phenomenon, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. That, yep. That happened three years ago. Sure. And I let it go and I'm done with it. It's easy to let go of that one because the only way that's ever going to recur is the same way that the snake's going to get it into the bathroom. If you bring it there, if exactly. you don't bring the snake into the bathroom, there's not going to be a snake in the bathroom. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's you're choosing to open up the door or close the door forever. That's it. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't need this. I don't need somebody else to validate my feelings or my opinions. I can do that for myself. Mm. I can do that for myself. I'm okay with that. And that's that's huge right there. Just being willing to do that though, to to basically take responsibility Mm -hmm. for, I'm going to choose my response. I'm going to choose how I feel and how I think about something. Yeah. I mean, and I've documented here in, in, in the past here on the show, how, for years, I didn't think that was possible. And when I finally did it for the first time, it was a shock that I actually pulled it off. Mm-hmm. But once you, once you realize that you can do that, that's power. That's mm-hmm. empowerment right there. Well, that, 
It's so powerful. And what you're also doing is you're setting the scene for the future because your energy is speaking before you ever say a word. And I talk about this with money, but it is relative to everything. You know, Mm. the way that your energy, whatever you're bringing with your energy is what everybody else is sensing and feeling and interpreting before you ever have a conversation. So now when you choose yourself and choose to disconnect that button and okay, I'm not going to partake in that conversation. I'm not available. That's your energy and guaranteed 99.9% of the time, Uncle Jasper will feel that and be like, hmm, next target, just like Mm. those little boys. Now, I have experienced Uncle Jaspers in the past who knew from past experience that I could be counted on to respond to a hot button push. Yeah. And so in those cases, it's not necessarily enough to say, okay, I'm just going to let go of the conversation because he'll keep coming at me anyway. He, yeah. he knows from past experience that he can, he can push my button. So that becomes a kind of a test. Like how long can I stick to my guns? How long can I say, you know what? I'm just not going to buy in. I'm just not going to buy in. I'm just not going to buy in. I'm just going to keep you know, changing the subject. I'm going to find something else to talk about, find somebody else to talk to. Yeah. And, and if you do that long enough, you do eventually get to that point that you just described where he gives up and finds yeah. another target, but you have to kind of be ready for if, if you've been the hot button in the past, They're going to keep pushing it for a while until you Mm -hmm. demonstrate repeatedly that it's not going to work. Yep. Absolutely. Which is it. That is an exercise in itself of like, oh, (laughs) no, thank you. (laughs) And and walking away or doing whatever, um, you know, that's that is an experience all on its own. You doing it over and over again. But set yourself up for success. Like get a buddy. And, you know, I did this with my wedding dress. Um, not very many people know this, but I knew that my mom and I don't really have the same taste and I wanted to be respectful and she was going to pay for my wedding dress and I wanted her opinion and I really wanted her to feel a part of it and valued. And I didn't want to be forced into somebody else's decision. Mm. So I went with my girls um, to go try on wedding dresses before the wedding dress trying on. And I chose my dress and I said to my girls, okay, so when I come out, when we do this for real, (laughs) when I come out, you guys are going to make a big deal of it because Mm. I knew that my mom would go along with it if everybody else was going with it because she's kind of a people pleaser. And, you know, I knew that that could move her reaction in the direction that I needed it to go for us both to be happy. So I set it up that way. You know, I went with the girls. I told them what I needed them to say and when I needed them to say it. And, you know, they had my back as well. If she balked, which she did, she was like, you know, it's not that sparkly and whatever. It didn't work exactly the way I thought it would. But then one of the other girls was like, oh, she needs some sparkle. Perfect. So they got me a belt and they put the belt around and then they got me the veil and the veil had sparkles. <laughs> and as soon as that happened, my mom started crying and was like, that's the one. That's that, that sounds like one of the, the I, I haven't seen any these shows in a long time, but they have uh, bridal type shows where, you know, they, they go and they, they watch a, a bride going in to pick her dress and they, she's got a bridal party with her and yeah. so forth. And they, they put her in, you know, three or four dresses and none of them really work. And then the, the fifth dress, which is the one that the person who's serving her wants her to pick, um, kind of gets a, a so-so reaction out of her a little bit better than the others. And then he dresses her up with the veil and all that kind of stuff. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. That's just because what, what's the phrase they use? They jacked her up. That's what it is. They jacked yep. her up. 
Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Made her feel like a bride. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so do the, apply the same logic or the same context towards the family situation. You know that, you know, cousin Eddie is mm-hmm. always on your side, thinks very similar to mm-hmm. you, also doesn't like when cousin or uncle Jasper does these kinds of things. All right. So know where cousin Eddie is. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Nice to see you, uncle Jasper. I'm just going to go over there. Know where the eggnog is. You know, yeah. find a job for yourself. <laughs> oh, I'm going to help cut vegetables. I'm busy right now. Like, yeah, don't bother yeah. me. You know, there's probably places Uncle Jasper doesn't go, like the kitchen. The kitchen. <laughs> or, yeah, it's probably the last place he wants to be, actually. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So so know, know who you're dealing with and how mm. they normally operate because the, you know, modus operandi is going to be the same. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the one nice thing about relatives. They're predictable. Yeah. You know what, you know. Each of these different uh, characters are going to do in any given family type gathering situation. Yeah. So play it. Absolutely. Go with it. Yeah. Use it to your advantage, mm-hmm. which is a nice different experience from the other one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you don't feel like you're, you know, behind the eight ball. You feel like you're ahead of it and you're, yeah. you're the one calling the shots. Like, yeah. okay, now I know what I'm going to do. It's a game. <laughs> well, uh, you you made reference earlier to the fact that you're actually a money coach and that uh, you're, when you're dealing with your clients, that's what you're, the basis on which you're dealing with them. When you're dealing with them on a regular basis like that, though, you, that's kind of what you do as a coach. You get to know what their processes are, what their patterns are that they do over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And as a good coach, you tap in where it's appropriate for you to tap in to kind of uh, underscore whatever point you're making with them. Mm -hmm. Show them, here's how you actually manifest what I'm talking about in your behavior on a regular basis. Yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because when you do that, then first of all, you're, what's the way to describe it? You're, you're, you're connecting with them. You're connecting with them on a, on a a level that's much deeper than just using some words. They can feel that one. Mm -hmm. Right. And the other thing that you're doing is by, because you're not really pushing a hot button. You're, you're, you're showing where a hot button is without pushing it. If that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Right? I would say that I push the hot button. Do you? Yes, I do. Yeah. When it, cause it's so interesting, especially when people are studying law of attraction, a lot of times they will get stuck in, I have to be positive. So I can't mm. talk about any of the negative aspects. So they're right, like, right, right. I'm good. Um, so when I channel questions, the questions are designed to poke and to exhibit a response. Mm. And the reason why I do it that way is so they can start seeing for themselves how they are responding to things and allow the stuff to come up so that we have a real world example of how they are attracting the things that they don't want with money. And then we have that example right in front of us, live in color right here. So they can choose at this point. Now, do you want to see it? Here Mm. it is. Not everything's perfect. I'm (laughs) fine. No, no, no. Because they can't control the response or they haven't in the past been able to control the response because they're not even willing to admit that the response exists. Mm. So you bring it forward so that they can see it. And then they have the choice. Do you want to continue to respond this way? Yeah. Well, there's, pro- there's also the fact that you're the one who's bringing it up as the coach rather than the usual Uncle Jasper button pusher in the yes. family. That that yes. does make a difference because you don't have that kind of agenda like Uncle Jasper has. No, no, I'm not trying to make them mad. <laughs> right. No, 
but I can intuitively feel it. And I utilize this a part of, uh, as a part of my one-on-one practice as well is feeling that energy before they even notice it's happening Mm. so that I can feel it coming and I can pinpoint certain words. So when I ask a question, like, you know, how do you feel about your financial situation? That question will exhibit a response. Super Mm. simple, but it, it will scald people. If you will, they'll be like, (laughs) and I can feel that response coming and I can pull at different words to bring that to the surface because that response is already sitting there. It's been sitting there for a while. It's, it's been locked away or, you know, that person has tried to ignore it for so long that they've forgotten it actually exists in the background and going back towards the energy conversation. That is what you're putting out there energetically. So we need to clear that. We need to get rid of that. Let it go. But you can't let it go unless you actually acknowledge it exists first. That's a really good point. I was just reminded, you used the word channel, and we, we had you and David Strickle when he was on the show a few weeks back, kind of dual channeling on yeah. the same show, which was fun. It was fun to to hear the two of you with your, you know, your you had the, the David flavor and you had the Jody Lynn flavor of the messages coming from the source. That was fun. I'm wondering, when, you, when you're working with a client, do you allow that to come through? I mean, do you, do you take cues from source? Like, here, here's the best way to go at that particular client to help them get to where they want to be? Yes, a hundred percent. It's all, um, with my one-on-one coaching, it's all driven by, by spirit, by the channel, um, by their higher self as well, because I'm getting the information, obviously with their permission, I ask to connect with their higher self, their ascended master guide, and then the guide team that I utilize, which is abundance consciousness. Um, so they give me the picture that I can't see sitting in front of you that energetic piece, as well as words and stories. So when I first started doing this, it would come up as a specific word or a specific phrase. And it has no meaning to me. Like I have no idea what this is. And so I would, I wouldn't be as, as ginger as I am now, because I know that it has something to do with you know, whatever they're struggling with. So I can phrase it in a little bit different way. But back then I would just be like, okay, so there's this. And I would just lay it on the table. And, and that's, and that's how I'm guided to what their abundance blocks are is, is through the channel. That's what you mentioned there. That That's the part that amazes me the most about anyone who channels you, David, Esther Hicks, I don't care who we're talking about, that you can get these ideas in your head, these messages these, they could be scenes or whatever, and you have no idea what the context is. Yeah. And, and yet you have the bravery to put it out there anyway, because you're trusting from past experience that, nope, it's going to work out fine. I may not know what it is. It's going to work out fine. That to me strikes me as being the hardest part. Yeah, Just it is. Like that stuff come out. It is. It is the hardest part. But the way that I did it was um, no attachment to whatever it was. If it landed, great. If it didn't, that's okay too. So I would just take that approach with it and be like, so I'm seeing these words or I'm hearing these words or this picture. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. And, and it was people's reaction that built my confidence because they'd be like, 
oh my gosh, I never mm. even thought of that when I was five years old. Da, 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 da. And they tell me a whole story <laughs> about <laughs> what I was channeling. So that gave me the confidence to keep listening to that voice and keep letting it lead me. And because when you become a coach, you want to know how, how the session's going to go. You want to have like yeah. a plan, an outline, a, you know, whatever, right? All of these things. And that was the most difficult part is walking into a session without any context of mm. of anything just okay so we're just gonna go on whatever's coming through and then i would just start talking and it would make sense and we'd have this beautiful session wow. yeah wow when when it makes sense and you realize that it made sense because you got the feedback that it made sense even though it still didn't make any sense to you but you yeah. got the feedback what does that feel like does that feel like Oh my God, I, I, I actually pulled it off. I'm amazed. Or does it feel like, yes, I did it again? Or how does that feel? It, it's like, um, it's a feeling of pride. Like that's, that's really cool <laughs> that I okay. can do that. Um, but it's also like this, this inner truth or knowing. So, so now when I do it, I don't need the outer validation or feeling, um, or the person telling me what it is, because in those moments of when I did know the feeling that I would get is truth. It rang true, whatever it was. And truth has a particular ring, if you will. Mm. Um, it rang true. So I got to feel that feeling. And then now when I channel, I can tell that it rings true. Mm. So you may not see it, from the same perspective, or it might not land because it's not landing for you right now in this moment, but I still get that, that thread of truth, that feeling, if that makes sense. It does. It does. It, it's also reminding me this whole conversation actually is reminding me. Um, I have a, a friend who, uh, do pair of friends, uh, husband and wife and, and the husband passed. And so there was a memorial service last weekend and so forth. And, oh. uh, when we were at that service, um, Basically, I went there just to, to make, to give her support, you know, because she, she's dealing with all this stuff. Uh, and anytime you go through a loss like that, it's, it's just rough. It's just tough to go through. Um, but anyway, I was talking with her. Um, well, first I, I talked with her as I, as I arrived, you know, cause that's what you do, right? You, you greet the widow and, uh, she's, she's normally a very self-sufficient person. She's very, um, very much on top of her game all the time. And yeah. she, she took care of all the arrangements on this. I mean, there, I think there was a funeral home involved, but I don't get the feeling they did much of anything. I got the feeling she planned everything, wow. which was kind of good, kind of not so good, you know, because um, it meant that over like a two week period after he passed, she's still dealing with it every single day. It's not like it can, she, she can just kind of let go of it because she's having to, you know, arrange for, you know, where are the people going to stay when they're coming from across the country or, you know, what's happening with the food or, you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff. But uh, she, she had done all that pretty well. Anyway, I went up to greet her and asked her how she was doing. And every step, I'm stroking her arm to you know, kind of give her a little support. And she says, she's doing good. She's doing good. And then she went into that body language that says she's focusing again on the loss. You know, it's mm. like her whole body just kind of froze for a minute there. And so I just instinctively did what I think most people do. I just reached over and hugged her and pulled her into a hug and just held her for a moment. And she recovered. And... I say that, I mean, it, it's a, it's a small incident that happens, but I say it because for me, it's an example of how any of us can tap in. Yes. I mean, 
I don't think most of us would normally say, well, that's me channeling something, but it really was. Yeah. And in, I that, agree. Ch- in that channeling, I picked up, she needed support right then. So I gave her the support. Yes. It, it took almost nothing to do. Now I, that was not a case where I had no idea what, what was coming out of my mouth. There was nothing coming out of my mouth. Nothing had to come out of my mouth. So that yeah. was relatively easy by comparison, but it does go to show that it's really valuable to give that kind of gift whenever you can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. Yeah. And then a- after everything was over, she had great support from her family. She had family. She, th- th- um, they live in Vermont or, you know, she lives in Vermont. A lot of her family lives in California. So a lot of people were flying cross country and you really got to see how tight knit their family is because there she is basically running this event herself and all of her family are jumping in and they're lending a hand. They're setting up the food. They're tearing the stuff down. They're throwing stuff in the garbage, moving chairs around. Like, And I was helping out too. And a few others were helping out too, but it was really something to watch the support that comes out of it. So yeah, there are uncle Jasper's in the world, but it's also really great to remember there are other family members and they can mm-hmm. be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I say that because we tend to forget, we tend to think about just the uncle Jasper's because we have to deal with the uncle Jasper's. But just by changing our focus over to, you know, the wonderful Aunt Mods and, and uh, Cousin Ernie's and so forth, there's actually a gold mine of high vibe, low stress energy that's available yes. to us in yeah. any holiday situation or in any life event situation. This was not a holiday. This was a life event situation. And if we can remember that, that makes it easier to navigate as well. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And where your, your attention goes, your focus flows or however that, yep. that saying goes, right? Like, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. Are you looking for the fight or are you looking for the peace, the yeah. opportunity to connect at a deeper level? Like, what if, what if Uncle Jasper does that because he feels misunderstood mm, and sure. he wants somebody to validate his feelings? All like, certain. Yeah. We're just people. Like, regardless of how old you are or what you've been through or anything, we're just people and we make mistakes and we mess up and, you know, say the wrong thing and (laughs) we're just human. And that's a part of the experience. And it's frustrating when someone doesn't do what you think that they should be doing. But when we can let that go and see that they're just a, you know, scared little boy or, you know, an angry little boy or a little girl or whatever, we can have more compassion for them and in turn have more compassion for ourselves at the same time. Yes. The two go together. I'm reminded of, of all the different guests and co-hosts I've had here on the show over the years. And I've mentioned many times, I love the perspectives that I Mm -hmm. get from all those different people. Well, that's what you're talking about. It's harder to appreciate the perspective of somebody whose perspective you really don't like at all. That kind of rubs you the wrong way, pushes your buttons to use the phrase we were using before. But by the same token, it's also an opportunity. It's an opportunity to see, okay, well, I know I really don't like that perspective. Can I find some value in it? Can I find Mm -hmm. something that I appreciate in it? Yeah. I I can't remember if I mentioned it today or in yesterday's show. It was one of the two. Um, If I said it today, forgive me for repeating it. But um, the... Uh, the idea, the, the, the sort of the example that came to mind is you're, you're dealing with somebody and let's see, how's it go? You're, you're dealing with somebody and in the process of dealing with them, 
you you realize that they're expressing something you really wouldn't like, but you find a way to appreciate it, and then you get something out of it you never expected. And, and I think the example I gave, whether it was today or yesterday, I don't remember which, the example I gave was somebody who um, came onto the show last April, I think it was. It was the only episode in 10 years that I've recorded that I did not publish. The only one. Wow. I was so awful. He was just, just, just a mean person. Um, Oh no, it wasn't during a show. It, it, I, that friend that I spoke with today, I was, I was talking to her. I was telling her the story. That's where it came in. Anyway. Um, but this guy comes on and, uh, I had a co-host that day, a co-host who's actually, um, left the show. She's gone on to do other things, but, um, she couldn't be there that day. So it was just me and the guest and he had expected she was going to be there and she wasn't. Well, he had gone to her website. She was also a coach. He had gone to her website and seen something he didn't like. He started attacking her on the show when she wasn't there to defend her. Oh, wow. And I, I mean, I wasn't having that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I started off politely enough and I started pushing back on, well, you know, I, I know Laura really well and blah, 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 blah. Um, it didn't stop him. He started getting worse and worse about it. He was just really being aggressive with, with this nasty attitude and. The the show, I mean, I, I was able, you know how I can kind of hold it together almost any situation on the show. Yeah. So I, I kind of held it together. But after the show was done, everything just tasted bad. It was the only show in years where I couldn't say I had my daily dose of happy afterward. Mm-hmm. And so I said, oh, well, I, I really don't want to publish this. So I didn't publish it. But I thought about it later and I realized even in that horrible situation, which I was blindsided on. I didn't expect it to happen at all. And here I'm trying to deal with it on a show, you know, as we're doing a live recording. But even with that, I realized later I learned something valuable. What'd you I learn? I didn't expect that, but I learned something valuable. I learned what it is that I don't like on the show. Yeah. And I learned that even if something like that happens, I can still pull off being the cordial host without exploding on the show. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's pretty relevant. good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now if I have to deal with an uncle Jasper, all I have to do is remember that show and say, well, geez, if I can handle that, I can handle uncle Jasper. He's easy by comparison. Yeah. <laughs> so another example of how perspective, the more perspectives you get, even the ones that you don't like, you can actually get stronger from them. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. You can find something to appreciate. Yes. It's practice. Yeah. It takes practice yeah. to do it. It does. It it really does. And I think this whole conversation um, about, you know, disconnecting the button and, and learning, this is your opportunity to learn. That is a practice. Mm. Understanding why you react the way you do in certain situations is a practice. Mm. Under, of understanding, of compassion for yourself, of allowing yourself to identify what it is you're feeling, to even even understand what it is you're feeling. Most people are not aware of what they are feeling, nor have a vocabulary to express what they're mm-hmm. feeling. So th- right. this is your opportunity, whether it's with Uncle Jasper and you actually talk to him about it, or alone by yourself. Of sitting there like, okay, what am I feeling? I'm angry. Well, you know, is that the root or am I disappointed or am I infuriated? Like, what are the words? Like, bring out, if you can, 
bring out the emotion chart, the emotion wheel, so that you can see, because we have this stunted vocabulary when it comes to how we feel. So this is an opportunity to learn. What is it that I feel? Where do I feel it in my body? Why do I feel this? Without judgment, Mm -hmm. without trying to change it and just shift to being positive, this is your opportunity to get to know yourself and and truly start to be your own best friend in this capacity. Yeah, that's that's a great way of phrasing it, to be your own best friend. That's really important. Yeah. I was just realizing too, something else came out of that, that nasty interview. <laughs> the one that I didn't want to repeat, the one that I didn't want to publish. Um, yeah. but I, I came away from it with an understanding about why, why that person was such a nasty person and how the reason that person was so nasty is so, is an example of what's so vitally important in terms of the, the stumbling blocks we run into as we go through life. Because this guy, became a millionaire. He wanted to be a millionaire starting at age 18 and he became a millionaire at 19. His first venture worked. Wow. He pulled it off on the first venture. And I realized he didn't have stumbles along the way. It all worked. So when I came down to telling a story, he really had no story to tell no. because there were no stumbling blocks along the mm-hmm. way. It's the stumbling blocks that tell us the most. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, that that was a real insight because I, I was trying to understand why would he be so nasty? And I realized it's because he had no other behavior. He had mm-hmm. no other behavior because he had no experience to fall back on. And, you know, here's a story I can tell that helps illustrate how you get past A, B, C, D. Because he, he never went through it. Yeah, He never went through it. So so the only thing that was left was just to be sarcastic and nasty about somebody else because he didn't have anything else to draw on. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, now I understand him a whole lot better. I still don't want to publish him. But, <laughs> but at least Going I back to invite him back yeah. to the show, but yeah, I don't have to actually talk to the guy again. I don't have to actually deal with him anymore, but I learned something from him. Yep. Something that I probably would not have learned in any other way. That's valuable. It is. Yeah. It, it, well, it reinforces the theme that's been playing out for years since we've been doing the show, which is the best stories are the ones where somebody stumbles and falls. Mm-hmm. Where there's a crash and burn, where there's some terrible thing that happens, and then they, like the phoenix, they rise again from the ashes. Mm-hmm. No wonder those are inspiring. They're inspiring because they actually have something for us. Yeah, absolutely. The ones that don't have that have nothing for us, <laughs> other than well, okay, there's nothing for you here. <laughs> yeah, well, and and maybe that's that contributed to his attitude because More he dead. felt um, insecure. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it just worked. He just tried something and it worked and he doesn't really have the journey through it in the way that someone else might have. I remember one of the things that he told me before he came on the show was that um, he didn't fully believe in the law of attraction. He thought the secret was full of it. I said, well, I'm okay with you saying that and we can have a discussion about that. Well, it turns out the reason he thought that is there's one scene, and I don't know if you have you seen The Secret? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you'll probably remember this. There's one scene where there's the kid who wants to attract the bicycle. Remember that one? And yep. he's focusing on the picture of the the bicycle ad, and he's he's trying to bring it into his life. And then all of a sudden, his grandfather brings him a bike um, the next day or something like that. And this guy objected to that strenuously because he says that proves that the movie teaches that 
All you have to do is imagine it. You don't have to do any work, and the bicycle's going to show up. And, and that's what the entire movie was about. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that was one scene in an entire movie where almost all the movie was about taking action. And he managed to overlook all that and find one scene where there was no action taken. And that is representative in his mind of the entire movie. How fascinating. <laughs> wow. Right? I mean, in a sense, it's taking it out of context, but in another sense, it's really just an example of I'm going to limit my focus to one thing. And so the entire world is about that one thing. Mm -hmm. Well, we find when we have opinions or beliefs, we find things, people, places to support what we want to believe. That's right. So yeah. he obviously did not believe in the law of attraction. Fine. And he built all of these things around him to support that said ideology. And the only thing he could pull out of an hour and a half long movie or however long it is, is one scene, one scene. That's all he could find that, you know, supported his belief system. Which is a really odd belief system because, like I said earlier, he... He had no struggles on the way to his millions. It worked the first time around. Mm, but if, if I was to hazard a guess, it could be that if he believed in the law of attraction and he believed that that played a role, it might take away from all the work and all of the things that he has worked so hard to achieve, which would dull or lessen all of the things like his, his smarts that it took to get there and, you know, bravery or the way that he looks at himself. So I, if I was to hazard a guess, I bet you the law of attraction itself and believing in it goes against what he thinks he did and the reasons why he's great. Therefore, he can't believe it unless he takes apart that picture. I, I think you're spot on because he literally did say, I worked so hard to build this business. Mm -hmm. Well, it took him a year. I mean, he was denigrating other people who talk about, you know, how, how hard they've worked over the years and, oh, the, you know, the, they, they, they just don't get it and so forth. I'm thinking to myself, they've worked a lot harder than he has. Mm. But he needs but, to turn that around in a way to justify the work that he did. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And, and we're, when we think about things, it's an all or nothing. Like it, it's mm. not both can be true. So I can't believe in law of attraction and believe that yeah. I worked really hard and I'm th therefore deserving of this. It's no, 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 I can't believe that. <laughs> or I can't believe that it's one or the other. We do this with everything in our life. Mm. And I, I have in my coaching practice, something that's a big part of it is both. Why do you only have to have one or the other? It's and both many possibilities exist. You don't have to limit yourself to just one. I love that. That's great. Look at all the, the elements of, of, of information and usefulness we got out of a really bad interview. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. I still won't publish it, but <laughs> no, I'm not sure I even have a recording of it anymore. I probably have, I probably have it on YouTube somewhere. I could probably find it <laughs> if I really, really wanted to find it somewhere. <laughs> but the world doesn't need that. <laughs> no, no, there wasn't enough value in that one. No, no. <laughs> but it's nice to know there is value no matter what it is. We can still find value in almost anything. So mm -hmm. that's a good thing. That's really, so this has been fun. Um, yeah. 
So I want to wish you a, a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. You too. Um, well, I shall be able to wish you a Happy New Year next year, next week rather, but, um. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly want to wish all, um, to all of our listeners who, who, who do celebrate Christmas. And if, if you don't celebrate Christmas, then we wish you a happy week anyway. Um, yeah. But one of the interesting things about being Jewish and not celebrating Christmas, I've learned, is the people who are Jewish, they go out to restaurants and there's nobody in the restaurants, so they get the restaurants to themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'd be amazing. <laughs> Best service ever. That's I didn't right. even know restaurants were open on Christmas Day. Most aren't. Most are. But, you know, especially in larger cities, you can usually find one or two that are open. And so yeah. that's what they tend to do. They tend to go out like, oh, the streets are empty. The city is ours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. And you have a wonderful Christmas as well. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And thank you and, and to all of our listeners. And we wish you a Merry Christmas. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.